Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now, let's give you something to chew on. We are back for another episode of Chew On This. Thank you, listeners, for checking in with us and letting us come directly into your ear. K-Dog, how are you? Teresa Duncan, it's a beautiful day here in Northern Colorado. I'm happy I get to talk to you. What more could I want in life? What a kiss ass. (laughs) That's that PR degree coming through. There you go. (laughs) All right. So we've got some, you've got a point to make today with your story. Yeah. uh, So one thing that that came across on drbycuspid.com, where I'm the editor-in-chief, I thought it was very interesting this week that uh, some news came out of Oregon that revolved around vaccines. And of course, you know, vaccines and COVID-19, that's such a hot topic, not only in the dental space, but in our society. When's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? How's it going to be distributed? And part of that last question may be answered because what if COVID-19 vaccines went through the dental practice? What would that look like? What would that be for patients and for the flow? And, you know, uh, uh, Teresa, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the codes that go along with that. But Oregon uh, has decided that uh, those dentists who receive vaccine certification can now administer all vaccines, not just COVID-19 when it's approved, but all vaccines. And they're actually uh, doing training already at the Oregon Health and Science University School of Dentistry, which is Oregon State's only dental school, on how to administer vaccines. So I find this very interesting because obviously it's a great opportunity for dentists to expand their their scope, uh, shall we say. And it's great because then it will provide more access down the road when a vaccine is available for patients to become vaccinated. But I'm very curious to see what this will mean, not only for the workflow of the practice, but reimbursement, the bottom line, you know, those type of things. What about you, Teresa? So... I think this is going to become a sticking point in many practices. Uh, I can't help it. The dad joke is strong with me today. Uh, What I thought of first was whenever you get administer a vaccine, you have to really know the patient's medical history, like inside out to make sure, I mean, not just allergic to eggs, but have they had any, you know, complications in the past and all that kind of stuff. I guess that's part of the training. So I'm glad that there's going to be some sort of program that you go through Because, you know, really like with Botox, you have to take a course, but it's like you can take a weekend course on that. Right. You know, with Botox, it's I don't know. I don't know the the risks on that, but it seems like it's very easy to get Botox approval or whatever. So but vaccines, especially a new vaccine, I think I'd be a little bit nervous as a dentist administering a new vaccine. I agree. And and I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of emergency preparedness that we need to have right now in the dental practice for the whole what ifs, what could happens just every day. And I think this adds a layer to it. So while I do think uh, you're, you're spot on, and that was the first thing I thought as well, is what training is great to know how to administer it, but there's so much you need to know behind the scenes before you administer it as well, that I think some dentists are going to go, is this worth it to my practice and my time? Well, I mean, above all, it has to be worth it. You can't do any procedures that don't make you at least a little bit of profit or at least break even. I mean, that's just business rule 101. 
And, you know, in my office where we used to work, we could do the flu vaccine um, administered with, I think there was oversight there, but I mean, maybe you get certified and just do it. If you have a big staff, maybe that's what you do it for your staff, you offer it. But let me bring in one other aspect to this. So of course my mind went to insurance, but my mind went to a different type of insurance. What is malpractice insurance going to think of this? So dental Mm -hmm. malpractice doesn't take this into account. Is it a nothing burger or is it something they really have to run the numbers on? As you know, vaccines are under increased scrutiny, not just new ones, but ones that have been around for a while. If a child starts acting funny, is it the vaccine that they get from the dental office? And pediatric dentists deal with that all the time, but general dentists, I don't know. That's, That's a little different. It's a flashpoint. We know in some parts of our society, the whole vaccine versus not. And we know that whenever a vaccine does come out, that there's going to be some some issues. I mean, let's be honest, there, there just will be. So what is worth to have this in your practice? You know, that that's the biggest question that I have. And for me sitting back outside looking in, there's a lot more things that make me kind of shake my head than go, oh yeah, maybe this could work. I guess it marketing is one thing. You know, and perhaps you're in an area where there's not a lot of health care. So that could be an access issue. You're doing a good thing for the community. Good point. As far as billing goes, we don't have billing for vaccines, but we do have next year, 2021, we'll have codes for antigen and antibody testing for the virus for COVID, but not the administration of a vaccine. So, and I think that's not even every state. You were doing some research. Which states could do what? So you mentioned the antibodies, and we know that North Carolina, uh, earlier this year, back in May, passed a bill uh, that their dentists could administer, and it had to be FDA-approved, antibody and antigen tests. Now, they have not gone the next step to talk about vaccines that I could find, at least in North Carolina, but at least there is some testing there. Uh, I believe up in the upper Midwest, there are some states uh, where that falls into play as well, but it's not every part of the country and it's not everything that has to do with COVID-19. <laughs> so, right, so right. you know, unfortunately it's turned into a little bit of a hodgepodge here. And I think that that's where, you know, we saw the confusion that happened whenever certain States were shutting down and certain States weren't. And I, I feel like that's kind of where we're going with this as well in some, some places. Well, in Minnesota and Illinois, I think you had said were administering the flu vaccine only. That's correct. You know, maybe they'll be more used to it, but I'd like to know how many are actually doing that because just because they have the ability to do it doesn't mean everybody's like signing up to do it. And, you know, and and I am not an anti-vaxxer or anything like that, but I can tell you, I haven't had a flu shot for about five years. I I just, it's just not something I do. See, I have one every year. Yesterday, I had my, I went in for my preventive appointment at the dentist and, and I'm sitting there thinking if she had said, do you want your flu shot today? I was like, no, I'm good. Really? Yeah, I would have. And and just because the one year that I got the flu shot is the one year I got sick. Of course. Like, no, you know, of course. I'm like, no, I'm done. You know, run away. You know, my parents are both elderly, as are yours. And my yep. mom is very like, oh, my God, you need to get the flu shot because you're going to kill us. Like, that's that's the whole conversation. But traveling, when we were on the road all the time, it was very easy to get a flu shot. I don't know about you, but I would see in Chicago and here in Dallas, they would have tables for free flu shots. I've seen them in Denver. You know, at first you're just like, okay, are you with the airport or are you just some dude giving out free flu shots? But they're legit. Between CVS and the airports, I've had a flu shot, I think, for a long time, every year. Well, see, between us, we're half half safe. So, you know, it works perfectly. Half half the herd. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you know, pick your poison. Hey, so. That's right. Come <laughs> hang with me. I'm safe. No. 
No, but, but the whole thing with the, the flu vaccine is you brought up workflow, which I think is very important because a PPO office is already stacked for time already. I mean, we're, we're short on time. Maybe in a fee-for-service office where you can have a little bit more hands-on, concierge-type treatment, I could see that. And I'm not saying all PPO offices are, are hamster wheels. That's not at all it. But you really do have to pay attention to the ROI of the procedures you bring in. Well, so I don't know, but really, do you, you have to really go over the medical history. You have to change your medical history forms, first of all. Exactly. You know, and let's be perfectly honest here. We know not all dental practices take care of that medical history form the the way that they should. Mm -hmm. So this really ramps up that game and it makes you do that. Or at least I hope it does. Yeah. Uh, You know, I hope you don't just stick somebody and say, oh, you're good, you know, and and walk on off. Well, and the offices that are good with medical billing, I think are going to be okay, but like, what if I go in and my doctor says, hey, get, here's the COVID va- vaccine, and I'm going to go, oh, well, I have medical insurance. Can you bill it? And they're like, no, 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 we don't do medical. Oh, no, no, right, no, 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 no. <laughs> so does the average office that does this, so will Oregon offices have to learn the basics of medical billing? I don't know. I like, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just for a vaccine. <laughs> So, okay, so devil's advocate, then does this bring on the onset of more medical billing in dentistry if this becomes a bigger thing? Because, yeah. Because I believe you said that the ADA has said they would support dental practices doing this, right? Yeah, which is, I don't understand, but okay. I, you know, ADA, I, I support probably 95% of what they want to do out there. But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a very different world if we go medical dental. So I would definitely... I do think we're going there. I, I think in my career, you'll see us going into single payer at some point. The amount of GDP healthcare takes up is just becoming so onerous. And I just don't, I don't see how we don't go to that at some point, even with both parties, to be honest, yes. even with oh, both sure. parties. So uh, <laughs> I, would I learn medical billing for this? No, I'd learn medical billing for sleep apnea or for TMD or you know, <laughs> and we know more practices are starting to incorporate that. So that's where I go. Okay, if you're already incorporating it for that, is it a logical next step? But then there's more to it than just the billing. As we've said, it's the health, it's the safety, and everything else. I, and of course, I'm going to be curious to see the patient reactions uh, to to the the dentist saying, "By the way, while you're here, would you like your vaccine?" Hey, it's 2020. Why not throw something else strange? You know, there's going to be some smart ass patient who's going to pull down their pants and be like, here's my butt, you know, and try to have it done in their butt. So you know how they give the shots. And for those of you listening, that's actually where they used to give shots at some point. So I'm not just being totally perverted. Back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Now they go for the arm, but you know, there's probably some, there's probably some pervy doctor that was just like, oh yeah, the butt's the perfect place to put this vaccine. (laughs) Do you have the vaccine, uh, mark on your arm or anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah. really faint yeah was that the polio one yeah yeah again back whenever we had to worry about things like this yeah, yeah so kevin and i are so ancient that we have these little marks <laughs> on our skin because the polio vaccine would cause it was pretty brutal on us actually so and now you younger folk you get it all mixed in with with your other things right Dang, youngins. Well, but you know, it, it's coming back. I mean, that there's the numbers are still around. Oh. I thought we got rid of it. And- oh, no. It's like uh, the zombie virus. It just lurks underneath waiting for the right person, you know. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible disease. So I'm glad, you know, that that happened. But looking back, though, Kevin, they rolled that out nationwide. A lot of parents were, I mean, you had to have it to send your kid to school. They did. And 
then it was like, oh, let's find out what's wrong with it later. You know? yeah, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, I mean, you and I are lucky that we weren't, uh, we didn't have any impact on that. Are no. you going to take the, the COVID-19 vaccine when it comes out? I will. Uh, and the only reason that I say that is because, and I'm going to guess here, I don't know this, but I'm going to guess that we will, if we're going to go to a dental show, or I'm going to go to a baseball game and cover it, you know, that I'm going to have to have some kind of proof that I've been vaccinated. That's what I'm wondering about. Yeah. Do you really think, so will a speaker have to attest that they've had the vaccination? You know, like that's crazy. I would think so because I would guess there'll be some people in our audiences back, you know, we're way far in the future whenever we all get together again, who won't take the vaccine. And so I think that we as speakers will almost be asked but I, I don't know that. I mean, but I am curious to see what that looks like as far as our workflow and and if it's something that we have to, you know, not only have our passport, but, uh, you know, our, our vaccine card now. My goodness. I don't I'm torn. I'm torn. I think yeah. I'm leaning more towards not getting it right away. So I'm going to watch you and see if if you okay. don't show up for our podcast one day. Hi. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <No, you're not. laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be the first one in line. Let me make that clear. I'm not the guy going, B, hi. No, 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 no. But I, I definitely think I will do it just because, as you said, with parents uh, in, in the situation that they are, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm keeping as safe as possible, just like I have since this whole thing blew up in March. I mean, my goodness. Oregon people, you may be sticking people soon if you are so inclined. So we're going to have to keep up on that to see if that actually uh, kicks off. And we have some friends in Oregon that we'll have to check in, see what they're doing. I imagine Bent Erickson, the human resources people, they're up in Oregon. So we may want to check with them to see if that has any impact. Our friend Tim Twig, uh, we'll definitely see what what they're thinking up there. You know, they've, they survived some horrible wildfires in that part of the world, uh, you know, and very thankful for that. Uh, and now they're trailblazing on this. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. Of course, Teresa, here's the key part of the whole thing. We actually have to get a vaccine before you can administer it. Well, I have to disclose, I own stock in, in Gilead. So I'm like, uh, hoping, hoping, hoping. So <laughs> come on, baby, get it going. I'm not going to take it, but get it out there. Right. <laughs> so. God, that's America. I love that right there. That beautiful. <laughs> All right. So are we, is that, is that story shot now? Uh, I'm so sorry. I can't help it. Put, put the needle on the record and move forward. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. Sorry. The puns, the puns. Okay. So uh, let me tell you about the startup that has raised a lot of millions of dollars, $37 million. This startup has raised. It's called Tend, T-E-N-D. First of all, I don't even know how you go about raising $37 million. Like, are there certain people like that I should be flagging down on the street to find out what's going on? I'd love to find those people. I absolutely would. Goodness. So, okay. So what it is, and actually the CEO and founder is from, he was a part of Smile Direct Club. He was one of the C-suites of um, Smile Direct Club. So he has some experience, not only with fundraising, but also with the consumer side of it. So what this startup is doing, and I'll just read you part of the article. And of course, we'll link the article and the Oregon article that Kevin was referencing as well. We'll make sure that that's all linked. They are, uh, reading here, hoping to inject life. Ooh, another injection. Oh, look at this. A new dentistry startup hoping to inject life into an old-fashioned industry aims to reduce the fear of going to the dentist. 
The quote here, and this is, I really want to talk about this after I kind of go over it. One of the partners says, uh, dentistry is just outdated and a bit broken. And I think we've all lived it. Tend has a different approach. They are going to go more of the Warby Parker way. Are you familiar with Warby Parker, the vision company? Okay. So they're totally direct to consumer. So for example, would they use an example here? And when you call up and give your insurance information, they also ask you what Netflix shows you'd like to watch during your visit, what flavor of toothpaste do you want your dentist to use, and what aromatherapy scent you would like to have in your room. The drills are quieter to reduce anxiety. I'd like to know which drills those are. And the company even reformulated the anesthetic, the, the gel that goes on the gums before you get the shot to make it huh. taste better. I mean, I, I didn't think it tasted terrible, but it tastes like anesthetic. So, okay. And then they want to eliminate the negative feelings that are associated with dentists and play up the positive feelings. So, I mean, that's, that part's good. They have dental offices that are not offices. They are called studios, Kevin. You can see the consumer part is really coming yeah. out here. They do virtual appointments too. Uh, They have in-person and virtual, and they are planning to expand into Boston and into my area, the D.C. area. So the way that it works with the doctors is that they uh, will work only for this company. So no, you know, side hustles and you earn a fixed rate and then bonuses based on patient satisfaction. That's different. That is. And then they're also going to do a whole big suite of oral hygiene products, which is, I mean, everybody seems to be doing that, like Burst and Equip, Equip and yep. all that kind of stuff. So that seems to be kind of the thing to do. But it is really customer centered. And then there's one little picture here that it looks, you know, it's not my style, but it's very clean and modern looking. Mm-hmm. They have a big set of headphones laying on the chair that you would use. And I guess they would wipe that down. They've got nice I mean, it just looks beautiful, but I also know that keeping an an operatory clean, especially now with COVID, that's not going to have that shiny look for a long time, you know, because I don't know if you pump aromatherapy in and then you spray it down with like whatever the bio, whatever you're using, that's, I don't, that's going to be a weird smell. Don't you think? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first thing I thought of whenever you were mentioning all this was the capital ones, you know, uh, thinking about, Oh, well, it's not a bank, but it's got a coffee bar in there now. So it's completely <laughs> different, you know, and, and, but it's still at the heart of it. It's banking. So, right. you know, I, I understand that there's patient satisfaction and everything else, but my God, I hope dental practices are already thinking of ways to satisfy their patients, you know, and and to move forward. Well, but here's the thing. It's about the customer experience, right? And Mm -hmm. I know from working in the front, one of the things we would hear from patients all the time is, how can you work all day with that drill noise? Oh, yeah. So I don't hear it at all. Yeah. But when you're new, when you're coming in once every six months, it really sounds like there's big time construction going on. (laughs) Right. Like it does. Right. Yeah. So and even the the polishing, you know, the slow, low speed polishing drill like that even is very loud and it sounds is. like there's something going on in your ear. So I'm curious about this drill that is supposed to be quieter. Oh, and so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going crazy on this. So the first thing is they say, what how can you work with that drill mm-hmm. and how can you work with that smell? 
Yeah, there's a smell. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I want to say you you have not smelled anything. This is <laughs> this is good. You come on back at two o'clock when Mrs. Jones shows up with her perio. Come on back. You Bingo. Know? Right. <laughs> Bingo. So, but yeah, so the smell and the hearing, which is two two senses, mm-hmm. they're trying to address the sense or the taste, and visually, they're trying to be gorgeous. So they're really going at it. And Netflix, they you know, obviously you're going to be watching something while this is going on. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I get the distraction side of thing, and it's great. It it absolutely is. But I I agree with you as well that it's it's got to be quality dentistry. It's got to be pain free dentistry. It's got to be dentistry that people walk out and want to give those good reviews, not just what a great experience it was, but also they took care of my problem. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that that'll be, you know, just as big a part of things, especially if bonuses are uh, linked to reviews, it sounds like. So I'm wondering because if, because bonuses not linked to production is right. an interesting concept, bonuses linked to reviews, but I know, and you know that most of the bad reviews that patients leave are about billing. That's a true. lot of them Good are about point. billing. So what are you going to do on that end? So, you know, you roll out the red carpet, you, Dr. Henry, roll out the red carpet, you put in a spotless, you know, great filling, they leave so happy, and then they come up front to me, and I'm like, pay your bill. <laughs> how do you, you know, how mad are you going to get if you get downgraded for me? Before they see the lovely Teresa Duncan up front. Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm a total B-I-T-C-H <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but shouldn't that conversation have already happened? So sure. that it, and, and that's the thing that I, I go back to is, God bless the folks at the front desk, because I know a lot of times they take a lot of needless grief that could have been prevented had a discussion happened either on the phone or in the operatory before the procedure even began. And I know people don't like to talk about money sometimes, but as it turns out, you're running a business. You kind of need to discuss these things. Yeah, you have to. So I think that there's a lot of things where the experience goes quickly downhill at the end that could have been prevented at the very start. With this startup, $37 $37 million is a lot. And I know these startups can go through it pretty quickly because of technology and all of that. But here's what I'm thinking. They're in New York City, which is super, I mean, come on, the space is super expensive. They were in there before COVID. Now it's probably much cheaper because everybody's left New York City. They want to go to Boston and DC, which also is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So are they going to participate with plans or are they going to try to stay out of network? Because if you're paying high rent, like, Going into a rural area, you can afford to be a little bit like testing the market because you're not losing your butt on, on you know, mortgage and rent and all that kind of stuff. I'm just really curious that they pick big cities to launch this in. Well, and I'm curious, you know, and, and definitely not trying to put square peg in a round hole here, but would this work in a rural area uh, with the, the, you know, the clean look and everything else? To me, it feels much more like a urban type of environment uh, than it would out in rural Oklahoma or Iowa. Or well, else. I was going to say, you've got Mama Henry, Ruth Ellen. Would Ruth yeah. Ellen go to something like this? I think, I think she would, but you know what? It boils down to she's still got to feel comfortable there. If Netflix and everything else can make her more comfortable, sure. But, but I think that it's not just that, but my, my mom is, and, and I'll admit I am as well, we're very much relationship people that I want to feel comfortable with the person who's doing it as much as the environment I'm in as well. You know, there's a part of that that goes into it too, I think. So what aromatherapy flavor would you want? If it's not lavender, I'm walking out. I mean, it's that simple. What if I, what if it was bacon? 
Oh, no, come on. I mean, if there's a bacon. Now, I was kind of hoping that was the antiseptic that they were going to retrain. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine bacon in the, I don't know. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. So. But no, I agree with you. Lavender is nice. I do like a nice, uh, like a peppermint too as oh, well. So, but, but quite honestly, I don't know if I can afford this because the picture looks very, very nice. So you're right. Maybe the rural is not the market. Maybe it is the young suburbanites. So I wanted to ask one question of you, though, because one one quote that they gave me, you know, my first instinct is to say, no, you're wrong. And then I thought about it and I said, you know, I got to I got to find out what Kevin thinks about this. So, OK, so despite and this is from the, the article, basically, they're trying to create an air of hospitality that makes it stand apart from regular dental offices, which kind of makes me think, wait a second, we're, you know, we're hospitable. What the heck? Yeah. Okay, and then the, here's here's the quote I want to discuss. Despite the fact that it's almost a hundred and forty billion dollar market, the dental industry has seen very little very little innovation. And this is coming from their CEO and co-founder Doug Hudson, who was also with Smile Direct. I was just blown away, he says, that no one had created a consumer brand for dentistry. And I thought, wait a second, I think there's plenty of consumer brands for dentistry. I mean, if you're talking product, I mean, if you're talking like Invisalign, Lumineers. I don't Smile know, Direct Club. Smile Direct Club, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a Ironic. whole different thing. Uh, and I did a podcast on Smile Direct Club. Remember, I we did that way back on my own. I should link that too, because that was, boy, that CEO is something else. Very little innovation in the dental office. I thought, wait, no, that's not right. But then I was thinking, hmm, so what do you think? I think at the core, at the root, shall we say, <laughs> you know, the, the dentistry has not changed a whole lot. I mean, I, I, I do think that. However, I you look back at the, tech, the technology advances that have happened just since you and I came into the industry. And I think that you see that with, with comb beam and 3D and, and everything that is going on, and now you're talking about some robotic surgery that's going on with implant placement. And, and I think there's been a tremendous amount of technology advancing this forward, but I think it all, all the technology goes into doing the things that dentistry has done since forever, taking care of oral health, making sure that, you know, that, that filling is done, uh, making sure the pain isn't involved. There's a lot of things that the dentistry still does today that it did a hundred years ago, but how that's done has changed dramatically. Absolutely. So you're saying they're innovating on existing procedures and existing, I guess, the conventional wisdom. Like if you are doing a root canal, obviously this is how you take care of the root. Is that what you're saying? Like, Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think you could even tie in, you know, baseball or, or a sport, you know, at, at the core, it's the same when Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle played and, and all this, but now look at all the analytics and the sabermetrics and video that goes into performing and how different it was. It's still the same game but how you approach it's completely different. So I think that's that's the analogy I'll draw in. It's wild though, because some of these products that we see all the time, you know, we're always at trade shows, they roll out like another version of it and they like make a big deal about it. And really the only change is maybe that its footprint is smaller or it's a little taller or it's got like an extra light on it or something. I think you have a point there. They're kind of just making what we have better. One of the innovative products that I thought was out there. There's two. I, I really think the dental rat was such a smart invention where you do the probing with your foot, you do the measurements with your foot. And, and Becky is just, she's smart. The other one is the isolite type systems where you have the whole suction connected to the chair. 
that was something where you're like, oh, wow, somebody should have thought about it earlier. Oh, that makes so much sense. But, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know if I, I say that about very many dental inventions. No, you're right. And a lot of times somebody will invent something will go, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, because it's right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I, I think I think the inventions that have been brought into dentistry have been more to, to help the procedure go better, be more advanced, whatever you want to call it. But how we're doing that maybe isn't so outside the box, if that makes mm-hmm. sense at all. Well, we do tend to look towards medical a lot. We do. You know, you look at how lasers are used. Great. We can use it here. You look at how titanium is used for implants. Great. We can use it here. Same thing with like collagen and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's curious. So, so I think what they're talking about is innovating the whole customer service space, which is just interesting to me because we know we both know really well, really good offices that have great customer service. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. This is this just seems flashier to me. I'm not sure if it's going to be and different. I don't I don't know. I don't know because yeah. some of the really well well done offices probably have aromatherapy. They probably have a menu of what you can watch when you're in the chair. You know? Do you remember when Serial World, uh, Dense Place Serona World, came out? Oh yeah, it was a big thing. It was, and and they made it much more, it was, sure, it was technically a trade show. It had speakers, it had the show floor, it had everything else, but it also revolved a lot around entertainment. They would bring in the Jerry Seinfelds, the Imagine Dragons, all these big names, and people go, oh, I've got to be a part of that. I mean, they were taking something that we already knew and just adding something different to it. Mm -hmm. And you're right, I think a lot of dental practices are already doing that. They're taking dentistry, but they're adding in the customer service or they're adding in the virtual reality glasses or whatever it might be. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, which is great. And and that's tremendous. And we should always as a business be looking for ways to innovate and treat our customers better. They'll want to come back. What have we seen since Serial World dawned? You know, it's been interesting now all of a sudden, you know, shows are doing a little something different, maybe something on the show floor, like a free drink or ice cream or something like that. But all of a sudden ADA came out and has introduced SmileCon. You know, and I, I don't know if you've seen much about that, but it, to me, it sounds a lot like Serial World. That is going to be. Tell me about SmileCon. <clears throat> so SmileCon is going to be what happens next year in Las Vegas for the ADA annual meeting. Again, manifesting that we're actually going to be in Las Vegas altogether for the ADA annual meeting in October. SmileCon. SmileCon. Yeah, look it up. And, and I'm sure we'll link to it in the show notes. But yeah. But they're reimagining what the ADA meeting looks like, and it's going to be more about networking. It's going to be more about entertainment. It's going to be much more about learning, but it being fun at the same time. And when they rolled this out, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it sounds like something that's been here for three or four years. <laughs> and, and, and nothing against our friends at the ADA. Don't get me wrong. But, but I think that what I saw was that finally they figured out we've got to change something. And, and I feel like that's where a lot of dental practices are at right now. And whenever we get back to we don't have to worry as much about COVID and everything else, they're going to have to figure out we've got to change something to innovate our business a little bit. So that's interesting because the, the one innovation with the shows is that we moved a lot of the speakers onto the show floor. Do you, you know, that kind of happened in the last, what, five, seven years that we yep. started to see more um, discussion on the floor. But I don't know if that was innovation for the sake of innovation. I think that was, oh, my God, we need people on the show floor. Right. Much like the ice cream, the beer, whatever it might be. You know, whatever I think got innovation on the show floor, that goes to IDS and Cologne and, and how the Europeans do things. 
but it's the same thing. They want you to have coffee in their booth. They want you to look at the ladies dancing in their booth. So you'll look at their products. I don't ever see guys dancing in booths to get my attention. I mean, really, you got a lot of female dentists, so it's really ridiculous. If you're going to have a girl dancing in a booth, that's, come on, you got more female dentists nowadays. I agree. And and I think it's sexist and horrible and, you know, yeah. I can see the indignation on your face. Can you see this vein that's bulging (laughs) in my forehead because I'm so angry about it? Yes. Listen up. Listen up, Kenton Bach and... (laughs) Iva Clar, I I want a dancing stud in a booth and not somebody I know because that's just weird. Bring in somebody from the outside <laughs> that we can all ogle. I'm telling you, you'll be the talk of the town. Do you remember that ADA show in Orlando? Oh, yeah. Do you I remember know. that? I, I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. They had those girls that were in the clear heels, which we all know what clear heels means. And if you don't know, then it's all right. That's good. You live in a pure life, but the clear, the clear heels. And they had the big angel wings tattooed on their backs. Yeah, they did. And you could see that because they weren't wearing much. <laughs> and they were just hired to walk through the ADA show floor and hand out material from this one company. I don't think anybody remembers who the company is. Do you? I do. You do. Uh, see, it worked on you. Didn't work on me. And I'm not going to say because guess what? That company I don't think is even around anymore. Well, I think it's because of Angel Wings. That's a- no, Angel Wings and Clear Heels, the new country song. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was even with you when I saw one for the first time. I, I was yeah. with someone that that I knew very well because I turned to them and went, "What the?" <laughs> and I ran right to that trash can while I was trying to talk to you. Yeah, so, right. You know, hey. <laughs> I love it. I love how you look out for your friends at the show. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, there have been tries, and, and I can think of another couple of examples, too, for sure, that, that have happened at the American shows, and people go, oh. But yet in the European shows, it's like, you know, you shrug your shoulders. Like, oh, there's another one. So they have, like, scantily clad ladies? Oh, at- absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I, I, I will tell you, there was one booth at one show, and my lovely wife was there with me, so she can attest to this, <laughs> that there is not a strip club in Vegas that could have put up as good a show as they did. For real? I'm just going to tell Wait, you. are you saying they had poles? Oh, yeah. They had poles. I am not kidding. Not Polish people, but poles. No, <laughs> there were <laughs> Polish people watching them on poles, yes. <laughs> on the show floor. Absolutely. Oh, the, my the gosh. The fog, the lights. And, and consider building your booth and going, you know, we've got to have a place for the stripper poles. I mean, you understand that, right? So Sorry, I had coffee in my mouth. <laughs> I, waited, I waited until that right moment. <laughs> Where's the couch? We need a couch. <laughs> Did they have a champagne room? You know, there there was some uh, high ticket items, I'm sure. You wow. Know. Buy, buy a cat can. <laughs> That's terrible. We're going down a bathroom. <laughs> we, we, okay. are. we are. We <laughs> are. God, I hope IDS happens in March. Now, no, I'm super excited for that. <laughs> it's not this coming year, though, right? Like it, it is. And they haven't officially canceled? They haven't, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and I know we're going down a whole new path here, but <laughs> I actually got a press release this morning talking about all the safety measures that they were going through to ensure that the show still happened. But I can tell you there is no way that IDS will be IDS without you standing literally shoulder to shoulder and trying to get through the hallway. Cause it's so busy. Oh, it's so busy. Uh, and and it, it's unbelievable how busy it is. And it's unbelievable how I sit here and I go, if they say, no, you can only go down the show floor this way. There's no way people are going to abide by that. No way. 
I like to think that our listeners listen to every podcast episode we ever put out, but that's not the truth. So what? can you, for those people who don't know what IDS is, because we just kind of threw that out. Can you explain what IDS is? Yeah, let's uh, give you the 30,000 foot view. So the IDS is the International Dental Show. It happens every two years in March in Cologne, Germany. Uh, there is the Mesa that is there. It's a huge convention center. All these different halls that are linked by Skywalk. And it is literally every one of these buildings is three floors or two or three floors. And so you're talking about seven to eight buildings with two to three floors each that is nothing but a dental show. There are no speakers. It is literally a trade show. And it runs for about six days. And I ha- I've been there nine times. I have yet to make it through the entire show. You have different pavilions. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Pavilions. Can you describe Oh, yeah, yeah. You can. You can. There's a USA pavilion. There's a China pavilion. There's a German pavilion. You know, and all these manufacturers and dealers from these parts of the world set up. And so you get to go into, uh, you know, I've seen some fascinating things going into the Korean pavilion, technology that unfortunately we'll never see in the U.S. because of FDA approval and, and all the red tape. So I would get all excited going, oh, my gosh. And they'll go, yeah, this isn't going to be in your country. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so you had to be real careful what you reported on coming back. But but Cologne is fascinating. And so it is scheduled for March 2021. I believe it's the 9th through the 13th. They've actually already shortened it by a day. Uh, on each side just to try to condense it down. Well, they probably lost sponsors, though. There's probably companies not going. There have already been a ton pull out. Yeah. You know, as of this right now, um, as of the time that we're recording this, we can still not go as Americans into Germany and hang out without a quarantine. So I'm not going to, I love Germany. Don't get me wrong. I love my brats and my Kolsch, but I'm not going to spend three weeks there to go to a dental trade show. The whole country too is, I think they're locked down. They a are. lot of Europe is locked down as of this recording. So yeah, it's very strange to think that it's going to go on, but you can't put that show on virtually. No, you, you can't. Uh, you know, there are shows like ADOM, Under One mm-hmm. Roof, IDS, that the, the whole point of it is being together. You can do a Greater New York. You can do an ADA virtually because... It's about learning, but these shows are much more about networking and the opportunities. And yeah, so I, I, as of right now, I got an email this morning saying they're trying to make it happen. I just, I'll be stunned if it does, but we'll see. I don't think you're going to miss anything though, Kevin, because if they are saying they're taking the proper, you know, precautions and everybody's going to be taken care of, those strippers aren't going to be, you know, in stripper wear. They're going to be in like hazmat suits and stuff. Exactly. They'll, you know. I mean, unless you're into that kind of thing, but that's going to be what you see. So. Hey, you know, during COVID, hey, you know, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, it's going to look like Homer Simpson at the power plant. You know, it's going to be awesome. Okay, so innovation is something I guess we could bring more to the dental industry, it sounds like. I think so. You know, I, I think I think any industry can can always use a little shot in the arm, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just tie it all together here. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that one thing that as you're planning for 2021, you need to figure out what makes you different than the practice down the street or in the building where you are, wherever they are. I think that you have to make sure there's something different. That's actually really good advice for 2021 because we got to definitely differentiate ourselves. And you know, it's, it sucks because we're wearing all this PPE and, and if we can't smile and really greet our patients like we usually do, we have to attack their other senses. You're right. That maybe the smell, gosh, getting a quieter drill is a win-win just around, all around. 
And I'll say, you know, I, I have my, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I had my six month appointment yesterday and the hygienist that I go to uh, here in Colorado, I love her. She is great. And she has always been not only friendly, but very uh, good about advice and talking to me about what she's seeing in my mouth. And she and I were talking yesterday about, you know, cause I, I haven't seen her in six months. How's it been? You know, since, uh, since everything. And I, I think we've got to remember that as much as we innovate, as much as we bring in technology, as much as we want to do things differently, if we're not being human with our patients and with each other, it's not going to matter. And, and I think that that's so important that don't innovate to the point where you're depending on other things to be the reason why people come into your practice. It's still got to be you. It's still got to be the team. It's going to be very curious to see how AI is utilized for this. Uh, because right now, AI is being used to guide chat on websites. And I know that there's a company that's working on actually having it have conversations with your patients based on things that you say. Like, I, I mean, that's that's wild. And I don't but I don't know. We're used to sitting on a, a phone and going through the whole directory and listening to this woman saying, you know, if you'd like to know more, press one, press two. I think we would rebel against it more than the patients will. I think the patients, yeah. will, I don't think they're going to notice it as much as we do. Well, the fact that there's a dental AI council that's been formed, uh, you know, and the fact that they're trying to see what this looks like moving forward. I'm actually excited about that because I think that there's going to be ways that we, we use AI every day and we don't realize it and it impacts us. And so if it can help us in the dental practice, reach our patients even better and to fill those holes in the schedule or whatever it might be, bring it on. We should talk about that next time uh, because I, I actually got interviewed by them. Oh, nice. For And I don't know when the article's coming out, but it's some, it has to do because AI is used in dental claims processing. Yep. And looking for fraud and a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, I think that's something definitely that's coming for 2021 is more AI. And a lot of times we're using it without even realizing it. So there's, oh, there's that piece too. When I think of AI, I think of Wally. So it's really been a hard disconnect for me to think that it's really going to help my job because all I can think about is this robot dude coming around. You know, I have to change my way of thinking. Well, it's better than me thinking about the Terminator and Skynet. So see, it works out fine. Oh, look, see, that's the difference between us. You think of Terminator <laughs> and I think of Wally. <laughs> <Eva>. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. And people that know us, I don't think they would think that way. I think they flip that. So that's actually very funny. I keep telling people that you're not as nice. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Kidding. Trust me. <laughs> no, you That dark side of Valdiri said COVID. Hey. Kevin Palpatine here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any any last shots you want to give? Oh, I already used oh, that joke. Oh, look at you. No. I'm just needling you. <laughs> you know what? That's a mic drop right there. I don't know that I can add anything to that. You got me on that one. Uh, no, this has been good. I mean, honestly, I, I think there's a lot happening in our industry that it's good for us to look outside the little bubble that we work every day to see what else is going on, what's coming down the pike, and how it's going to impact us, whether we're in Oregon or any other part of it. I'm always glad to spend time with you. I'm always glad to chat it up. And, uh, you know, if we talk Terminator and Wally, e uh, bring it on. I'm good. We will. We will have an AI focus next time. And I'll work on my impersonation. You work on yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. All right, dear listeners, that's it for today. As always, K-Dog and I want to thank you for hanging out with us. 
And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.